0: the land of sky blue waters welcome to the soda pod isha jerome here alongside the state of hoppy and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening look well i am not only alongside just the state of hoppy we got dylan pomeroy back on the show here dylan how's it going my man thank you so much for your time again brother
2: Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me back. I appreciate you boys and uh, really looking forward to catching up, man. It's been a, uh, been a good time hanging with you guys.
0: So before Hoppy roast me for going like, what the fuck kind of introduction was that? What's your official title with the rocker group again? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's all good. Um, I'm, could you just so- introduce yourself please? So that he <laughs> doesn't have to do anything. <laughs>
0: dude i loved it i, I love it. it up because i saw like a cut co- like two different ones and i was like you know what to avoid hoppy making money making fun of me for saying the wrong one i just want i want to hear from
1: your it's, mouth this is
2: going way better yeah no i love it all good i am partnerships manager at version one and minnesota rocker um you you uh said my name correctly which is all that matters so uh, i'm good with any other thing you want to call me trust me. i was me. gonna
0: say general manager but i was like i don't know if that's like too hockey term or not so yeah no no
2: not not a general manager that is an entirely different role entirely different role
0: so there you go there you go uh for those of you who have not seen our first interview uh bits and pieces of it and or the you know entire podcast version again subscribe to our youtube channels we always post clips of our interviews there'll be more clips of this one and our past one as well and go check out the last podcast episode link in the description of this podcast and YouTube video. But uh, Dylan wanted to, first of all, say thank you very much for inviting Hoppy and I to your guys's last event.
1: No, I mean, Dylan, why, why don't you just lead off explaining to everybody the home series and what it was that we got to come out and enjoy with you.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. Appreciated, you know, you guys coming out. It was a uh, really awesome time, I think, overall. And and I had a blast hanging with you guys when I could. But um, yeah, you guys were able to come to our Rocker Home Series, which was a Call of Duty League live event. Um, the reason I emphasize live is that it's super uncommon to have any sort of in-person type of event or match or competition um that isn't a major. So it was super fun to have you guys and, and you got to experience. Uh, our first match of the day against London and then our our final match of the day uh, against Breach, which was, you know, both pretty exciting. We went one at one on the day. Um, really fun overall. And like I said, just awesome to, to show you guys a bit of it. And honestly, I always love just sharing the energy of live esports with people because it's, uh you know, it's a little little like hockey. It's pretty palpable. Uh, there's a vibe in the air. Um, and I think you guys got to, you know, really experience it. So I appreciated you guys coming out. That was awesome did
1: we ever holy shit and so i mean you said it there right like it's it's not normal this isn't like a typical thing within the space unless it's a major like what what did it take for you guys to be able to host this kind of event then
2: yeah awesome question fair um fair question too uh it's it was quite a plan that um you know rcoo brett had been really behind um really fighting for of this like one day type of opportunity that the way i never heard him compare it like this so a lot of these are my own words but uh um just kind of associating it like a double header in baseball where there's like a rain delay or something you're making up um so you get to watch your favorite team play twice you attend the event uh similar to a sporting event rather than like uh, like taking travel out to go to a major which is really fun and a really exciting experience um i won't deny that at all but to be able to go and just uh, support your favorite team, in this case, you know, your Minnesota rocker, your Call of Duty League team here, um, was just really, really an important thing we wanted to give fans and is something that our org in general has always, always pushed, live event aspect, in-person aspect, um, camaraderie, you know, the the team in the North, just being really proud of that um, and getting all our fans together is something we we definitely don't take lightly and we're really pumped that everybody showed out. It was It was really cool
0: to see the emphasis on everybody. Like I, I like, obviously I know that your brand is popular um, version one and just like the team. I assume the call of duty was, is the most popular following that you have probably out of the teams. Um, But I didn't like realize that, what seemingly every single Minnesota fan who was free that day was able to come in and check it out. The place was packed uh, a good showing. And I've been to land tournaments before, which, you know, rows and rows of computers. And yeah, there's like a stage with like usually some entertainment, at like the end of the day or whatever, but it's usually just like, it's almost like a hockey expo for bringing it to like hockey, uh, comparison here for the sake of the podcast. And that's kind of what my expectation was coming into this. I didn't realize it was more like a mini major. In, in the vibe anyways, and that's what it kind of reminded me of. Because for those who don't know, like, you know, the, the big major events at the big stadiums, like, you know, you, you can buy beers and things like that, which, by the way, shout out. What, what was his name, Hoppy, our, our bartender there, who's just like, oh, <laughs> not, who, who was icing on the that cake at the event there. Unbelievable service different. from, again, Dylan and the whole Rocker team, but also from uh, those working that event, too, because it just made for such a great time. <laughs> That's what it's all about. I mean, you nailed it. It's it's hard to encapsulate something
2: that, um, you know, esports came from that con side and that came from like the convention vibe, the expo vibe, uh, conference rooms, you know, to to put it into a um, a show and an experience is something that, you know, Katie and CV on our events team, Shannon, the production side, Bree and all the design work. I mean, like every little thing is thought of, um, you know, Ali and Al, the marketing team, everybody involved on, especially our partnerships crew, like Blaze, Jenna, Alex, like Everybody you guys kind of brush shoulders with, like you'll notice that our entire staff was there. Um, We we love that aspect of it. And honestly, like I've joked about before, it makes what we do like worth it because then we're not behind a desk like everyone else, you know, doing some fun stuff that we like to do. So uh, I appreciate you guys saying the kind words about it. That's, um, again, the whole point. But we want that party atmosphere. We want that vibe. We want that energy uh, because it makes it way more fun, way more fun in person.
1: Dude, the the atmosphere is what did it for me, but I I gotta say, like admittedly, I'm walking the the row of people for the line that's like waiting outside a Palace Theater. And I'm I'm like eyeing up the crew and I'm just like, Yep, this is checking the box. You guys seem like you'd be into video games, you know, everyone's in the stereotype. And in my head, I'm just like, huh. Like, I don't know what to expect from this, but also. We got a bunch of, you know, people that are super into video games. Let's go with stereotypes here, right? Probably a little bit more introverted, quiet, and they're just like there to take in like this team that they love so much, dude, it was absolutely electric. Oh my God. Like, and it helps having a, a smaller, like more intimate environment, like palace theater for sure. But I'm telling you, man, obviously everything you guys were doing from the production on stage to what we had up on screen, like that was all awesome. And that's like huge for getting the people going. But I'm telling you, I don't know that I've seen many hockey games where the fans were as lit up as the people that were (laughs) down in the pit just (laughs) going fucking ape shit whenever something (laughs) happened. There were times, too, because like. The, the one uh, gripe i personally have and it's not a gripe like it was still awesome we t- like, hey we take we, we it, should work it. on what the on-screen options are and you and i kind of talked about it a little yeah. bit too afterwards right like okay we got one big screen which like is awesome really good view crystal clear movie theater screen uh, it, essentially it definitely went back and forth though between like which team it was showing and like sometimes i wasn't quite sure if i was like do I want this person to die or kill someone? But then as soon as the pit erupted, I'm like, all right, something good happened. Here we go. But <laughs> right. Like, right. some way to show and like almost like have a, a designated spot along the, the outer edges that aren't being utilized and like have each player have their own screen. Because I got to imagine there's people there that are like showing out because they've got you know their favorite player, right? Yeah. And yeah. just being able Absolutely. to like have a way to kind of take it in how you want to while still having the bigger guided experience up on the big screen for those like myself who like, admittedly I wouldn't know which guy to follow or what's going on necessarily. Like I get the game. I understand the strategy, but like it's going pretty freaking fast. Like I, (laughs) you gotta be bouncing around to really keep up. So having the isolated view was good for someone like me, but I can also see where like the diehards and the people going nuts down in the pit, they might have a different opinion and want to see a little something different.
2: Yeah. It's something that we take, you know, I appreciate the feedback that's actually really important stuff. You know, it's uh, all fun and games too, but that is uh, technically a small gripe. but I do feel it as a, a fan of the game as well. Like um, one thing we've grappled with, and I know the league grapples with, like it's not really our decision how that gets broadcasted. Um, we all have our ideas and we would love to be able to implement stuff, but um, it's, you know, how it goes up is not really our decision. Technically though, there are ways we can make it cooler. Um And yeah, I mean, to your point about, like, player cams, statistics, like, all those types of things uh, is one thing. But we've also had to tread that line of, like, to your point, the people in the pit that know exactly what's going on, they don't want to be coddled during, you know, it's the same, like, when we watch, like, curling, right? Like, we may know curling a little bit more than the next people, but when they go so in-depth and they, like, are explaining the house and, like, it's just like, ah, every time it's like, yes, I get there, are beginners. Oh, uh, my tuning in so you want to be you want to trend between empowering the people who are one percenters and big time fans of the game while also welcoming in people like yourselves and and i think the best way honestly to do that is just live esports in general you got to see the roar so you could understand the game Dude. if you're watching that at home that'd be impossible right bro it'd be, yeah, it'd be for a
1: sure game. but i i gotta throw in then like this is like totally off the cuff might be pie in the sky but like if you guys had something where like everyone that's walking in, whether it's part of their ticket or you can scan a barcode or some shit, like having the player bios and having like Hmm. their gun kits and their setups and explaining what they are and why they have them and shit, like just understanding like what's each person's role. Like, again, there's some people that don't give a shit, but there's Uh. some people that it like helps you just get a little bit more entrenched and like really understand some of those finer aspects
2: i'm a little sad you're saying this because this is a genius idea and it's like we something we kind of used to do and honestly now that you said that it's like first off how did this never come up second off i would have loved to get because like that's something cool to leave with like a little like program it, or, a, you,
0: or like a like a like even it's like a, a like a pdf file you get like almost like literally. a program.
1: Ah, oh, so, like, it could genius. have a web base and it could be like way more interactive it could be like a digital booklet of sorts but sure. it's just like kind of to understand like, Hey, this is the person, this is their role. These are the maps they're good at. These are the maps that if we get, we're bummed out. Like all uh, that kind of shit. You yeah. Know?
2: Stop. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Stop. You no, know, it's stop. like, no, stop. I'm going to go good. down the tunnel. It's, it's,
0: it's going full nerd here. Cause like now like taking it to like a, a different game, but like, you know, like any team you support any, like, you know, Warhammer team that you like, you, you support diehard. Like you get, you get the handbook, right? Pokemon right. red, blue you're getting you're getting the you're, you're getting the official guidebook so it'd be cool like when you're going to the event like this you get you get that guidebook as well but you know we're in 2023 so you scan that shit pops up on your phone look at this that is just the, this is just uh Dylan, we're not we're not even charging you for this networking by the, the, the way. world's
2: problems man let's see what else you guys got what do you guys what do you, guys, <laughs> you guys know like how to cure cancer can we just dive right into the other stuff like this is impressive what man. kind of cancer this is oh, impressive. Man. I love it. I love it guys. No, but seriously, that is something Um, I'll actually try to maybe forward you an old tweet I had, but uh, we used to make right. those types of programs where it had things like the maps, the KDs, um, you know, and we, we would share them actually for media specifically. So media could cover it better. Oh, okay. But good example. That would have been a perfect thing to, you know, get at like a twins game, you know, no different than you'd get at like a rocker match. It's a cool idea. Really cool idea.
1: And I don't even remember if we asked this the first go around, cause like that was a pretty extensive interview and we went so many directions, but are there, like, fancy stats and analytics beyond, like, obviously, like, everyone, even people who aren't in the Call of Duty know what a KD is? They have to at this point. It's not True. Kevin Durant. And <laughs> right, right. <laughs> are there, like, deeper analytics, though? Like, when you guys are looking at your team versus another team, when you're looking at guys to potentially pick up, like, are there, like deeper analytics that you look at and if so like what are some examples
0: well and is it position specific because obviously there's some games where, like if you have guys who are like the ones who run into maybe be the sacrificial lambs and in pistol rounds and things like that crush obviously their analytics are going to be a little bit different than your fucking guys who perimeter players snipers whatever the roles are right Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. Um,
2: there are loose positions, AR and SMG. So assault rifle and small machine gun or submachine gun, whichever you prefer. Um, typically submachine gun is the typical way you terminology or uh, terminate that. Um, and then there is a sniper, usually in a search and destroy round, which is the second map or the fifth map. If he goes to, goes to five rounds, um, that point though. So in those statistic realms, um, definitely 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 you can see um we might have even talked about this live with you guys um but the the biggest thing that's cool about esports is that it's already played on something that's computing um so the statistics are in depth they're specific um you know not necessarily moneyball type vibes but there are things like that where you know so and so player uh is technically getting around this every single time they play on this map and with these teammates, um, you know, especially the style of teammate. So it's pretty extensive, you know, to answer your guys's question, but, um, it also comes down a lot to team play and like how the team operates together because, um, you know, you can, and teams have had the best player probably in the league, if not the world. Uh, and it, you know, they don't win champs just because they have the best players. So it is a lot of that, um, you know team-based items call of duty was 5v5 for a very brief time and that actually got a little weird um because call of duty is a little faster paced. it's built for 4v4 there's there is an igl type role um you know, you would understand that side too with the cs um you know cs being 5v5 with an igl blah, blah blah in-game leader is what that stands for but um with
0: call of duty it's a little more
2: off the cuff um there are plays that get run like all those types of things though that are pretty cool that would apply to traditional sports too
0: So I guess like, correct me if I'm wrong, because in the game, like there are a list of like, these are all the stats that are available in the game. There's no one like in hockey right now, coming up with that new analytical way of measuring X, Y, and Z. It's just like, these are all the stats. We have them there. We look at them because in the game, they're already recorded real time because in play, like there's not people creating like crazier stats like every year sort of thing complicating or like you said money boys money ball style telling you something you already didn't know
2: yeah it's actually i mean the way to answer it is like kind of yes and kind of no because um call of duty league is not espn based you know it doesn't have people that are you know their entire that's, job that's a positive fans. by the way yeah it, it honestly it ESPN. <laughs> right right true that we won't even get into the yeah, how late was your Sunday night hockey viewing? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole other thing. But um, no, the point being is that like the community builds a lot of these stats out. So yes, there are versatile, new creative stats um, that are theoretical that put teammates together that may not be together and you know test it. But um, yeah, I mean, short answer is like, yes, there are those types of people, but no, there's not like a Nielsen that's tracking these big long lists. It's a lot of community based stuff.
1: So like comparing the... You know, live event to, you know, what most of the time I imagine is largely virtual. Do you see whether it's within your team or other teams? Like, are there players who are impacted by that positively or negatively? Like, are there some that like rise to the occasion because they go off of the vibes of the crowd? And are there others that are like, fuck, I just want to like go in my mom's basement, lock myself in, and just go to town? Like,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. and just to quickly add to that like what are some of like the soundproofing headphones you guys are using versus maybe some like some people at you know majors use like the whole bubble boxes like wh- who who I guess and, you know to jump on it like rises to the occasion in those events and who does that you know hinder a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's so, uh, a absolutely in reality in both worlds and uh um there was a time during COVID era Call of Duty where there was kind of the joke of like um the I don't know what you'd want to call it, like the bubble factor, where they're kind of like quote unquote like onliners, uh, which is kind of a joke you'll hear in esports specifically, but also Call of Duty. Um the the way that I've heard it, and so what typically happens is players wear earbuds in earbuds, uh, which is the sound, and then they wear, oops, they wear um noise proofing, like you know, something like this over those earbuds. And what I've heard, I've never experienced it myself. I'm not a pro Call of Duty player, though that'd be sick. Um is that you, you feel the crowd more than you hear anything. You feel the rumble, you feel the shake, you know, you feel the, the energy. Um, there are issues with it though, from a live audience viewing perspective, uh, for example, during search and destroy, uh, when you're diffusing the bomb, you can yell out loudly and tell them they're diffusing the bomb. You kind of have to like loosely imply to your audience that's not acceptable. And it is hard to combat, uh, sometimes if the whole crowd's into it, but it is something that kind of arises in the sense of like, where are we blurring the lines between what a fan can do or even what coaches, you know, could technically do. So it's hard to talk about how that, you know, changes, but there are players that rise to the occasion. And I think every player in the call of duty league would say that they'd prefer to play in front of an audience. Like, um, you know, some may not like the spotlight, but I have to imagine if you're a professional athlete, you'd prefer to be in front of people cheering chanting booing and all that stuff too.
1: So, I mean, if, if hockey fans can yell shoot, like why can't Call of Duty fans yell defuse? Like, Yeah,
2: it's a fair it's, – again, it's the, the competitive integrity behind the sport that will be hard to navigate. Um, I heard that stuff about Aaron Judge where they were like, okay, if he is looking at someone and he is getting pitch calls, like why does it – is that cheating now? Like are we saying, you know, the Houston stuff where they're banging trash cans like – that was cheating it's just like hard to navigate the reality of playing in front of a live audience i don't know i'm with you there's a lot of great area
0: well yeah i mean you're you my world <laughs> a, you're taking a virtual online game and putting it in front of a live audience like it's just not going to be the same right like whether you want to label right. it as perfect or imperfect or whatever it's just not going to be the same like it's just a different experience so totally. it, it's in that and i think that's what's so cool about majors as well because it's like it, it's like the event that you guys put on times 10 with just like the people right and like it's just on a whole nother level so like talk about rising to the occasion you can't really use that as an excuse because it's like this is the big leagues once you get out of you know your comfort room and setup and everything this is where you compete you know out of the virtual into you know the quote-unquote reality and that's that's what i think is so cool and uh again like i've only seen majors like on tv again huge counter-strike guy myself uh, been to like land tournaments, but I've never been to something as intimate and as like fun as the the rocker event that like that we attended. So I want to say thanks again for, well for inviting us.
1: Do you like supporting local? Local business? Local hockey? Local legends? you like vodka, martinis, screwdrivers, Bloody Marys, White Russians, whatever you can find. I'm more of a vodka fresca guy myself. If you nodded yes to any of those, look no further than Northland Vodka, giving 5% back to local hockey and, of course, the recipe that was masterfully crafted by local legend himself, Mark Parrish. Everyone get out there right now. Support Northland Vodka run don't walk well and we can talk about that if you want but uh, I just want to know like in comparison to sports because that's really all I'm going to keep doing here but like do you have a bench like I know you have more players on the team but for one competition are you set to the four guys that raise their hand to start or like can you rotate them from like one match to the next if someone gets you know carpal tunnel can someone else jump in like what happens
2: yeah it's a real thing and it has happened and it's a bizarre situation it's almost like the you know third goalie off the bench on the away team kind of thing where it's like some rando sometimes but uh uh the E-bug, coach can yes. step in. <laughs> you know, literally so um it is a that's dylan's aspect. job <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: right. like pop in um the coaches can step in we do have a sub at this point um and ironically, we just went through a roster change today. So uh, Afro went out. Marcus went out for Dylan attach. Um, So that was big rocker news
1: ahead of the major. But um, it it well, hang on. Hang on, Dylan. We got to stop there. It, Good news, <laughs> bad news. Like break it down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a uh, ahead of the end of the season, too.
0: This is huge. <laughs>
2: right. Right. And I cannot speak on any coaching stuff. I do not know anything behind the scenes, but it is exciting. I think, um, You know, I love Marcus. I love Afro. He's a beast on the map and off the map. He's a super nice guy. Uh, Dylan is a superstar. He's kind of like one of the godfathers of Call of Duty, so it's a very interesting um, dynamic, but um, they're both different players, too. So one's an SMG, one's an AR. So what's interesting is that, I don't know, again, the specifics, but someone will be moving around. Um, I'm assuming Dylan will be the AR, since he's naturally an AR and an all-timer. But yeah, a uh, little, little drama in the old rocker world and specifically the call of duty world. But um, again, to your point though, that's, that stuff comes up, man. Uh, it can happen live. It can happen after a random map uh, and people, yeah, we have a sub, we have a coach, two coaches. Um, and yeah, I don't know who like fourth, fifth man up is, but there's a whole chain of command <laughs> if something so, were to happen. So
1: explain the two coaches. Like we got head coach and assistant coach in hockey and like some take special teams, some take offense, some take defense, like, What's the purpose and like use of each coach?
2: Yeah, it's actually really, uh, again, I always say like a fair question, but that's a very fair question because it's like something that I assume is pretty nonchalant and uh, is is something that needs to be explained. But um, the head coach and the assistant coach or in this case, um, Looney, Dan, and Brian, Coach Saint. Um, They almost are like macro and micro coaches. So the micro being like game day-to-day practice energy type stuff, like how are their scrims going, and then is on stage with them and can communicate with them during timeouts and after maps. Uh, That's Coach Dan, Uh, more analytical, you know, that type of thing. Then Coach Brian, Coach Saint is a little more macro. He's more like um, overall picture, team chemistry, uh, map breakdowns, things like that. So there are two different ways. A lot of teams have just one coach and an analyst. Some teams have just one coach. Some teams have three coaches. It kind of depends on what dynamic you're looking to build. Uh, but that's sort of how we broke it down and how we've, you know, seen the the comp- the competitive success we've seen in specific instances from those types
1: of things. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. This is my last question, Isha, and then you can take over the uh, the beer talk. But how does compensation work for the players? Like, is everyone playing for the same – same salary or is it the better players get paid more is there a salary cap
0: and does it change with every game because again i am i'm literally operating from like i've followed only one game my whole whole life in the pro esports scene and like in that sense like it's wild west with contracts like there's a base pay and then there's like a max contract and it was three-year deals but that was again only in counter-strike yeah
2: yeah and that's pretty much in line with like all of esports I'll say a lot of teams and again this isn't even speaking on version 1 or rocker this is just broadly my knowledge of it since I don't have the specific knowledge of our operations but um it's typically a one in one they're called right which would you like almost like an Iowa Wild and a pro deal like a you can go up to the pros or go back down to what you know we call challengers or AHL USHL whatever
1: deal. um
2: yeah. yeah so you can go up and down or um you know more prominently are just like the per year contracts um there's not been a 10 year you know 100 million dollar signing yet there probably will be at some point but the difference to you know to your point of comparing traditional sports is that um like for example dylan let's use him because attach uh i keep referencing him he came off the starting roster which is crazy in cod sense right like that's like you know, benching the quarterback or something. It's a prominent player, you're superstar. It's making some sort of point. Um, the community is going to react to it, that type of thing. Dylan doesn't just, like, go sit on a bench, though. Like, he's a content creator. He does podcasts. He's a full-on, you know, personality and superstar in, again, the eSports sense, for sure, uh, and also the Call of Duty sense. So you're kind of dealing with the level skill of the player, the prominence of their personality, their social presence. You know, Dylan has a few million followers. like. Same type of numbers, if you think about it in terms of like social presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yes, these players can go up and down based on skill. Uh, it's really, it's kind of like the, it's even more intense than the UFC if you think about it because these players can like come and go. There's not a lot of scumps that hang out for 10 years, claysters, formals that go between games, things like that. So, um, can be varied across the board, but uh, it's, it's an interesting aspect of the
1: game for sure, especially when it comes to eSports. Yeah. Yeah, Dylan. Should, that is not a transition into UFC. You no, 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 no. I was gonna say he's Dylan. Like
0: do you know? No, no, that's not what I was researching oh, on the fly me. Do you know how much Simple made last year with Navi? Just guess. <sighs> now, mind you, he's Ooh. one of the best Counter Strike players of all like of all time and currently twenty five. And does it say? Old. Is it just his contract, or is it saying everything? This like, was contracts and just streaming sponsors. So man, man, I mean, I would guess
2: like. I'm probably gonna be low and I'll say like mid to high six figures, but it's gotta be in the millions with him.
0: Oh yeah. 16 million.
2: Yeah, dude. Like that's, that's insane. Like that's on the far end to your point. Um, but yeah, most of these players are six figures, you know, lots in the millions. So, um, yeah, (laughs) that's, at
0: I at do know, like, at, like, not. I don't want to say like mid tiered, like in disrespect, but like a, a pl- like a top player who's always active, who's not like going down to you know the quote unquote AHL or going back to streaming while being staying on the roster. Yep. Um, in like 2000 and what was it, seventeen? Like an entry deal for any Counter Strike team, Navi, Cloud Nine, um, was like six million dollars per year on three years, you know, on a three year deal sort of thing. But you had a trade clause, right? So you could be moved, like all the time, but you're not physically moving unless you're moving in with like a team's, you know, mm-hmm. house or city or just, um, facilities like you guys also offer the rocker group. So
2: yeah, super accurate. It's crazy. And I did just put it together too. I love this shirt, man. I didn't even peep the, you got the rocker gear on. That's looking Yeah, look fly. at this
0: guy. Look at this guy. That's
2: yeah, super sharp. I love that. It looks I, gotta
0: me, I, I gotta get some shorts for the, for the summer here as it's yeah. already getting super hot.
1: <laughs> are there agents? Like, are there agents for these players? Oh, oh yeah, my God. We, we
2: prefer to work with players that have agents and if they don't have an agent, we'll help them find one. Um, That's something that again, isn't, those aren't my words directly, but that is something that um I've heard said and has been said in press that uh Brett is very adamant about, you know, he's really proud to work with people that have agents. It's just to protect them. You know, we want, we want players being protected. That's the whole key. I have
0: a new career path. I was All just right. going to say Hop- Hoppy is about to send in his two weeks. Hell yeah. <laughs> um all right let's take a quick break before we get into more rocker talk and what you guys come what do you guys have coming up for the end of the season off season and just some more general gaming talk boys i already cracked my beer here but i want to know uh dylan i see you've been sipping on some what what are we drinking here as we do a quick hoppy hour break
2: yeah i uh might have mentioned last time i'm actually like i I love my sour beers but this time i went with a whiskey this is my filibuster and i got it in my wild cocktail glass um my whiskey nice um Sad and happy at the same time, but uh, yeah, a little whiskey is usually like my, if I'm chilling in the evening or after a workout, man, like throw a throw a big old three-finger, maybe four-finger
1: uh, pour down and,
2: and have a little whiskey, but um, yeah, a little filibuster. A little
1: filibuster for me tonight. Is is that the go-to, or like, what's your typical whiskey sipper?
2: Honestly, anything. Um, my fiance's dad, we have, I might have mentioned this last time, so it's probably, you know, who cares, but a uh, real quick story about it is that He really likes scotches. I'm not a huge scotch guy. I really like American whiskeys or bourbons, um, ryes, that type of thing. So he'll for the first like few years we were dating, my not not me and my fiance's dad, but me and my fiance when we were dating, he would get me big time scotches, and I don't mind them, but I would just kind of pile them up. He's started to get me bourbon. So now I'm like backed up. I got tons of different bourbons and uh, nice. ryes and whiskey. Oh, so um, I just kind of go through them. I had heard of filibuster before, but like I got a little a Lefoy sitting out there. I've got a Macallan. Um We got a few just chilling out there right now. So.
0: Very nice. nice. Very nice. You dabble yes, in her. Japanese whiskey much?
2: talked about this last time i don't but i've had it a bunch of times i went to that So you um, haven't had it since what the hell i thought we gave you homework no the speakeasy i went there once and i didn't even get uh went there once since we had talked and i didn't even get the japanese whiskey that time which has really good japanese whiskeys
0: (laughs) Um, well the next Uh, time we hang out um the the japanese whiskey this is me to it the centauri is on us for uh for being so kind and uh, getting we us into that should, we, so we can
1: let him have the good stuff jesus
2: <laughs>
1: hold me to it i'm i like trying
2: everything
0: let's keep ripping up. sorry i forgot in canada centauri is the good stuff in the states no, it it's peasant price
1: fair
0: fair <laughs> fair. hoppy what are you sipping on
1: we just got the mark pair special we got northland vodka with some fresca
2: oh timeless
0: very nice I i went full back channel here today i got a back channel beer the last uh ursula new england uh ipa i mean beautiful can unbelievable beer i got the back channel beer bowl here that's our hitting the beer bowls here today and i mean funny enough it's on the back channel coaster so i mean we're going we're going back channel heavy here despite having the waconia sign we uh we're going full back channel here. So cheers guys. Dylan, have you ever have you ever had the, the beer bowl experience? Oh my god. I was god. watching it. I
2: was admiring it. Um I was also skeptical of it. Um what walked me through it? Is it a Look, back the channel, they, is there efficiency to back it?
0: channel they got the green party thc seltzer they they love hitting their bowls but oh, the, yeah, the yeah, beer yeah, bowls yeah. Are, are the, are the best actually <laughs> but yeah. the beer bowls are the best type of bowls to hit in my opinion and it's such a fun and it, it's the coolest beer gimmick i've ever fucking you know i've ever seen like a it's so easy you you don't have an issue pouring at all. Like you're never you're never over a fizzing at all. Cause you know, there's enough air there that, like, even you know, you don't need to be a fancy pourer. You get like the whiff of the beer, the beautiful smells, the aroma before it hits your lips. It's just such an awesome, though sometimes messy beer drinking experience. Um, shout out to Back Channel Brewing. They hooked me up with one of these bowls and uh I had to take it away from the main uh cup cabinet glass cabinet because my roommate keeps giving it to the cat as it's fucking water bowl so so it's like like a
2: branded bowl it's like a back. oh yeah yeah, here
0: you can see that well yeah yeah man okay yeah don't
2: spill it i i believe you um okay i mean i love doing boat races so maybe a bowl is the next
0: oh dude we'll hook you up with this okay we'll hook you up with one of these for sure
2: I gotta give it a shot. You convinced me. I mean, that was like a that was a good sales pitch. You ran me through it all. I I don't have any arguments.
1: Uh, any You're rebuttal. way too nice, Dylan. You can be honest. Like it was. I was skeptical time going time on into the it. show. <laughs> that right, like, sounded really fucking stupid, but I'll still try it because yeah. beer's good i thought well, it was funny
2: fade. you saw me fade halfway through it i kind of put my head down i was like okay he's still going on about this bowl thing
0: I, he asked I, you open you opened up the can of worms you I asked came me
2: around. i came you around should, again,
0: you man. should know by now i'm pretty verbose
2: <laughs> i came around man i was i was you also did it mid conversation and i was watching you i'm like this man is pouring a entire beer into a bowl um and i didn't ask about it and then you know we got to it eventually but i was really intrigued that entire time <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it.
1: Do you love sports? Do you think you know more about sports than all of your friends? Do you like getting things for free? If you're still with me, you need better edge in your life. Legal sports betting in Minnesota and a free, that's right, free, $20 sign-up bonus, no deposit required. Go to your browser right now, type in betteredge.com slash sodapod. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E dot com slash sodapod, S-O-T-A-P-O-D to claim your $20 today.
0: Um, all right, let's get back into some rocker talk here. It's uh, well, you you told us this when we when we met up at the event that it's uh, it's nearing the end of the regular season for you guys. What does that look like for your Call of Duty team? For your and does that extend also to your other sports as well? Or do the seasons are are they all a little different? Because I know you guys have Valorant and uh, Rocket League as well. So what does it look like at the end of the season for your teams? And then uh, after that, I guess we'll dive into what the offseason looks like. But I know you said you're gearing up for a major here. So what what does all that look like here uh, at the end of the season?
2: Yeah, it's actually kind of hectic. Um, Esports is prominently like late fall to summer. Most most esports are, um, I guess, relative to at least the ones we're active in. But yeah, Call of Duty this year accelerated its timeline. Um, Usually it starts up in like February. And that's so late. If you guys know the Call of Duty lifecycle, the game. the game comes out usually like in the fall right mm-hmm. november october you know in time for the holidays and then we were starting like two months after that so players would get early access and then it'd be like a three-month chill period before the season would start up and like attention goes way down experience or uh, um, um eyes on it go way down so they excited the season up we started it early this year in december even or it might have been january but still a good like six weeks earlier than normal and so there's season ends in june for the first time ever usually it ends in august uh toronto major will be in a few weekends here uh end of the month and then uh two week break and champs is in vegas so pretty stoked for champs um champs in vegas will be electric our sweet rocker boys um boston breach who you guys saw and then um vegas legion right yeah we were booing the breach big time um it's a 20 point separation between all of us and you get 10 points if you win a match. So, and we play Vegas, uh, again, so kind of crazy in the sense of how qualifications will work, but, uh, there's a world where if we don't qualify, we don't go to champs, uh, which would suck. Um, but we get our dubs, we clean up, we go to work, we go to champs, you know, we'll be a seven or eight, eight seed, um, uh, competing for that, you know, a couple milli in prize money for the players. And real exciting stuff so this part of the season is really fun really really fun
1: seven or eight seed out of like how many that get in and how many total
2: yeah there's 12 call of duty league teams that are franchised only so eight teams go to champs and okay. you're seated once you qualify and there's winners bracket and losers bracket um winners you know can lose twice losers lose and go home so pretty intense pretty intense
0: you described it as as exciting though is it more intense than exciting or is it like just a a mix of a mix of all the emotions as it's kind of like you know you're excited to get to the playoffs but you also have to like up the focus and the you know everything
2: totally um I will say it's more exciting now I've really tried to just enjoy esports as a whole I'll put it that way uh it used to be very I used to like I remember when I gave up that part of me with the wild in like the third time we lost to the Blackhawks in the first round, um, where I was like, I have to stop getting so emotionally invested in this before I hurt myself. Um, my first few years at Rocker and, and with version one, I would have the ebbs and flows of wins and losses way too personally, and so uh, I think the excitement factor is there where I'm just stoked for our team, stoked for good Call of Duty, stoked for good esports competition. Um, the intensity of like riding or dying with the team is uh, is subsided quite a bit, plus. Um, I do have to remind myself it's my job. You know, it is a fun thing, but it's my job to um, definitely not get low with the team, but also not get too high. You know what I mean? So it's a it's a balance factor. Um, but that's okay. I don't mind doing it.
1: And maybe you'll tell me that it's different for like the championship tournament. But my biggest gripe with the sport, not with the rocker in particular, is we'll call it the luck, the randomness factor. Like if you're a hockey team, right? You know, you're playing a seven game series. You're going to have potentially four at home, three on the road. You know who your opponent is. You can scout, you can game plan where if you go into this, like you could easily draw your worst maps. Every time the game variant that your team's the worst at and the other team just so happens to be the best at those. And it's just like, Oh, tough shit. Right? Like, do you see the sport growing to a place where it's like, yeah, maybe the tournaments throughout the year are randomized, but then you have kind of a set track, like, Hey, here's the five things that happen. Here's the map and the game variant. Here's the map and the game variant for all five. So that it's a little bit more something you can prep for and really hone in on for that big, big event.
2: Yeah. I love, I mean, I love that take in general, honestly, like, I think that's something that, um adds to the drama and adds to the formality and adds to like what you're looking for in a you know in anything competitive honestly doesn't have to be call of duty uh i will say that what's really cool about the way call of duty has come up and the way it's been built up is you know back in the day there used to be like a hundred plus teams it was more like rocket league style where a lot of teams would compete and it would slowly funnel into a final and yes there'd be best of fives and best of sevens and things like that and it was like a longer you know more major like three to four day type thing uh with 12 teams it's hard to have significant parity and it's hard to have significant parity when there's only eight at champs you know what i mean mm-hmm. so what you do see is a lot of i will say Duty is pretty top heavy um you know the best of the best the phases um you know the optics uh la thieves those teams win and have won quite prominently over the years. Uh you know, it's not quite a pay to win type format like baseball might be, but there is a really reality in that too is, you know, like I said earlier with rosters. Once you have a really set roster, I mean, you could win numerous, you know, championships, you could win money, you can win every little thing that's going on. So, I would like stuff like that if there was more factored into a season, maybe there was more like non-sanctioned majors where you could get points or you know it was still a bunch of money to provide uh, to to compete for um but i honestly like i don't know if it's the right or wrong answer but i do like that uh you know a nobody can beat uh the somebody and move on just because they match up better um you know as ninja would say get sure. good kid um and you know just do better kill 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 better than the other guys shoot shoot heads better so
0: well d- um, does it also and again i i I don't know how I, um, or like the semantics on this, but is it also to avoid cheating in in some sense? And again, I don't know how you would in that particular game, but the randomizations of it, so there's not anything that's, I I don't know. Again, like preloaded a, or anything. A rocket
1: launcher behind the door in the third <laughs> building or something. Like, what are you? No, well, just knowing about?
0: what map because I know I know in certain games there's there's various like um there's various ways you can like unlock walls and stuff in certain maps. And I was just wondering that, like, if 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 that's one reason why it's randomized as well, so that teams aren't, like, prepared for the exact scenario and maybe, you know, again, 2020... We're living science fiction, boys. You tell me that you can't, like, preload cheats into a fucking Call of Duty, you know, tournament if you know, like, what's coming up. Again, I, I may be, you know, talking out of my ass here, but is that, is that also a reason why it's randomized? Is because, like, to avoid cheating at all costs in tournaments? Especially when there's millions of dollars on the line?
2: Yeah, I mean, competitive integrity-wise, like, sure um but there are coin flips and map vetoes and everything before a match anyway so even if like i mean devil's advocate if we draw the breach or we draw phase or we draw ultra like we should be prepared for any of those guys anyways like no matter how many days or how little days we have they would all argue we should have film on them we should be able to play them at the top level anyways Um, But yeah, as far as like that type of stuff goes, like their computer, like PCs are through the league. So everything is checked by the league. There are officials that are employed by the league. So like, I bet there's ways to do it, but I, that would be an insane thing to have happen. Any sort of cheating. Um, If you guys want a fun little read, honestly, the match you were at, um, look up sound equalization from the breach. Uh, It was an interesting little dramatic vibe at the at the match where they thought that us having a home crowd a live crowd was an advantage so they turned on a it's called GA, a gentleman agreement or a gamers agreement um that you don't have this sound equalization on that helps you hear footsteps better and they played with it on so um a little interesting. interesting yep and uh it caused a lot of controversy in you know the small small twitter world of call of duty league no timeline scrolling but it again is something that comes up and you know gentlemen agreements is that's all they are if someone breaks a gentleman's agreement it just means you're breaking a handshake um there's no laws behind it there's no so
1: so are, anything like that so are they cowards for breaking the gentleman's agreement or are you idiots for not breaking it first
0: scroll the replies far enough you'll see <laughs> no, both.
1: <laughs> no, i don't want to do that I, Where's yeah, the
0: reddit thread? I want I want to read this shit.
2: Right. And it always is like funny cuz everybody has their flair so you can see like who's a fan of who anyways, but <laughs> um I mean, I'm a f- I'm a fan of do whatever it takes to win. Like, and if it if it's I don't think cheating is a fair way to put it because um I believe everyone was aware that they were going to use this this setting and I believe our guys had the option to either use it or not. So, if they're going to be noble and not use it because it's a gentleman agreement but they know the other teams using it something to be said for that um but if they're to use it and um you know still lose uh because we lost that match um uh, i again i don't know if we took the noble route or if we went the same route as them
1: um but to each their own man it's a weird <laughs> weird fence to navigate we could go off on that but so you mentioned before and i need you to explain this to me what the hell is the coin flip and map vetoing look like yeah yeah
2: fair okay so in the start of the match you know that there's gonna be five maps for sure um Uh the first match is always hard point the first mode is always hard point second is search and destroy third is control fourth is hard point fifth is search and destroy again so the reason that there are these map flips and like almost home team advantage or away team advantage is uh at the start of the match one coach calls heads or tails um it's usually just switched doesn't really matter who calls it because winner picks first losers pick second um and third and then fourth fifth for the first team but um when you pick the you get to pick your map for the first round and then the other team gets a veto so they could veto your map or they could veto which mode you pick and so on so like it's kind of like deferring to the second half on like a coin toss let's say for the football game huh. but what it does is like let's say we're really good at control on uh, you know some map uh, whatever make up a map name market at this case hotel um then you'd want to hopefully get that. But if they're you only, and you only get one veto, I should have mentioned that too. So like you can say, we don't want to control market and we don't want another one. So you can be really in front of what other team might, what the other team might do. And it hopefully makes you better uh, in the sense of how you get to pick your side. It's pretty strategic and it's, you know, pretty coach heavy and analytic heavy, but it does play a factor. Um, again, it's all math at the end of the day, to be quite honest. How quickly can you convert and calculate these math problems? Um, in this case a video game, but it's pretty much math if you think about it. I
0: nice. love it. So oh, you got wow. the major coming up, you got the end of the season. What does your guys' off season look like after you've obviously won the majors, won the championship, and have been walked away with that uh that nice prize money. What does your guys' off season look like?
2: yeah it's um uh again this one will be interesting because it's gonna be a bit longer than normal usually champs ends in august um and you have like two months of like fun old school throwback tournaments which are actually really cool they'll play mw2 or blackout 4 you know they'll play old uh, black ops 4 and they'll play old games um but that time frame they usually like go vacation they get a breather and they start right back to it a lot of them stream um you have to be viable and you have to be like top of your game always so a lot of these guys just stay strong and stick to it for us the off season the off season is a lot of deliverables too you know for my literal job it's like um getting players to deliver on brand deals you know uh hit impression numbers fun jobby job stuff like that uh but rocket league goes until end of july august and valorant goes until the fall so we'll be busy with our other teams as well still um just not as much call of duty since call
1: of duty ends so early Interesting. So you can go.
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: So do you guys have like the typical off season activities like other sports? Like, is there a draft? Like, how do you get new players into the league? Do you have like scouting or guys going out and trying to find the next talent somewhere off on Twitch? Is there like a free agency period when everyone comes off their contracts and you can just grab whoever you want? love that question
2: um never really get that one and it is a sweet it's like one of my favorite parts um about esports specifically and about call of duty is like off season is chaos like (laughs) anything that happens it's part of it being well first off imagine the nfl had only 12 teams and imagine the nfl those teams only had like 10 people um in this case all the best call of duty players in the world are on 12 different teams and there are only four starting spots on each team so it's an absolute shit show constantly all drama if a player there are literal accounts out there that will look at like a player's story and see if he's in like a random city that might have another player um with those tight one and one deals every year half the league at least is like getting turned over in some way shape or form a lot of teams will resign hopefully especially if you have like a dream roster Uh, but like last year we two years ago we got rid of all four of our players last year we got rid of three of ours and kept dylan our first year we got rid of all five of our players like it is like crazy so you'll get these cool signings you'll get these crazy trades cool speculation um and to your point too man like when the new game comes out all scouting like you start watching twitch streams to see who's really sneaky good you see who's like i don't know climbing up the scoreboards like who's playing too much war zone and maybe not focusing it's just like it's just a crazy mess that i just really love it's literally we sell it we sell uh it to partners like roster mania is like a time you can nice. be a part a
1: part-time sponsor for it. so that's it's amazing. a pretty big deal pretty cool that's really cool so like who's the bob mckenzie for call of duty league <laughs> Like awesome. who who is the the central source of information like if i want to know league wide like the chaos in the midst of that shit, like, is there an insider or do you basically have to like follow each team individually to get that info? There oh like no. A publication?
0: Like, is there a main media publication?
2: Definitely, definitely, definitely.
1: Crone CDL Intel. Like these
2: are real people with real lives that um, uh, are right behind everything. They're the type of people that are following. Um, I don't even know how they do it, but they'll have it like in tweet deck maybe or something, but if a bio changes it'll get alerted you know like all the little things you see from pros all the little like oh follows and unfollows like um yeah there's tons of good reporters and there's there's kind of two sides there's like your meme follows where they know everything and they're memeing it um and then there's like your journalistic follows who are really really savvy and the inside you know the esports insiders uh the deserto deserto however you want to say it um deserto all these guys, Jake Lucky's a big one. Um, he's a dude who just started another new venture. He's kind of the like live esports guy, but long story short is yes, there's tons of people that do this and cover this. Uh like the ins and outs of you know, those types of things. We don't have a draft though. That would be something that would be sick someday. However, that's the problem with having right. 10
1: spots, you know, in the whole fucking league. Totally. you you definitely have to give us the heads up when like the whole frenzy mania fucking goes down like i'm actually really intrigued to see how that works but absolutely my my last question i think um you talk already like a couple times now just only 12 teams there's only four starting spots there's only one bench spot for each of those teams Based on the talent out there, and I'm sure this is a little ambiguous, but like how many teams would you need to really have the league that you envision where there's uh, you're getting all that talent in, I guess?
0: That's an awesome on, question. You're on fire with the questions. These are goodness. really good.
2: I'm not gonna lie. You guys have given me good input uh, and feedback for the event and have given me some questions that aren't like how did you get into esports? Uh blah blah blah. <laughs> not so, bad for a botched what's your intro, eh, Dylan? Video game, Dylan? <laughs> oh, dude, every time when you were a kid and when you're not like yeah, Who, who's
1: uh, your I, Mario Kart character? Have you played Zelda yet? Yeah. Fun.
0: Why uh, is Chrono Trigger <laughs> the best game on Super Nintendo? Okay, sorry, <laughs> that's make, a good question. That's a good you know question. That
1: Zelda's not even the main guy with the sword. Yeah. <laughs> That one, that's a good one the good uh mansplain there um
2: so with that question let's see um re reword it for me give it to me again in a sense of like how i would how i'd look at it
1: sure so given the just depth of talent in the sport as a whole we've only got 12 teams and that's a problem and maybe the answer i'll kind of give you two paths i guess is there a way to expand rosters and make things more interesting that way? Or how many teams do you think need to be in the league to be at a point where we've kind of hit the balance of, hey, everyone that should be in the league is in the league?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll answer it, I guess, two different ways. So I think that there's something to be said for the 28 to 32 generic NBA, NFL, I mean, MLS, and any of those places are getting up there with that. WNBA NHL is getting up there. NHL, of course, obviously, like these teams, these team counts that hit one from a business side, market areas, which is really important and a very specific thing that I don't think people realize is uh talked about as much as it, you know, it is. For example, Minnesota, we're trying to get like the Dakotas, right? Like we should be dabbling in getting Iowa fans, whereas like there's two LA teams. So LA teams have more to specifically ask access, but um are in a smaller area and don't have as much access to like so i think there's something to be said for like 30 ish teams and i think that's viable considering how deep the challengers pool is which is again this like amateur level call of duty side what i find really cool about challengers is like first off it's super badass to follow along it's sometimes more intense even than um champs play because people are trying to get into the league of course you know you get that whole aspect of it uh, but the other side of it too is that there will be legit pros like you could like an entire team let's say you like some guy in phase they might be in challengers next year because there's not a spot in the league like there's some young gun that comes in the guy that didn't really fit in or you know didn't really make it work where he was currently at gets dropped into the challengers league and they can compete the barriers are significant though for expansion because we have 12 teams right now and entry into call of duty league is very expensive the initial price tag was 25 million dollars for these teams. So, you know, that was the initial franchise fee to like even get a team. I think that has changed slightly, especially with new projections and just the realities that we're facing, Um, you know, with things like NFL teams get money from having sick games, eight to nine times a year in their own stadium. Uh, We did one event, you know, and hope to break even on revenue and on ticketing with those that's not built out the same, right? Like sponsorships are different. All these little things that are different, are big barriers for teams to get into eSports. So I would love to see 30 teams. I think we're a ways away from seeing 30 teams. However, there is a reality that, like, you can have a favorite Challengers team and you can find all these players and watch really high-level Call of Duty just about any time you want. So it's a trade-off. I would love to see 36 geographical-based teams. I'd love to see London, or uh, excuse me, European teams, Canadian teams. We have one Canadian team currently. Um, but like
0: them though, (laughs) Toronto
2: Ultra we don't we don't like Toronto but uh it is true it's Canada's team
0: no my god don't (laughs) even start
2: but it's we're a ways from that I I dude I would fucking love that I would love 30 pro teams but someday someday
0: the regional aspect speaks speaks a lot to it though because like look my my roommate who he followed what did he follow competitively I think Dota for a bit but then like he's the one who got me into Counter-Strike and like he went all in on liquid cause they were the only relevant North American team. And he's like, I want to, he, he's one of those idiots who jumps on like the Canada team, totally. thing. even though they're North American, he's like, I, I have to support somebody. And so he went with like the North American team because even though they were out of California, he's like, it, it, it's, it's not Finland. It's not Sweden. Right. Like it's, it's close to home. So it's uh, I could only imagine like, if, you know, like, you know, bc had a team you know or, or you know vancouver <laughs> had a team then I'd, I'd maybe jump on that but uh i i have one last question in regards to just um the the game itself is it is it tough or annoying do you think from your perspective and from maybe I, you can speak on maybe behalf on some of the players experience perspective that the call of duty games now are they're almost going the way of ea and apple dare i say in that there's like pretty much a new version yearly every couple year like just so much like so much more often than there there had been before unlike counter-strike which is releasing cs2 first huge update in what like 15 16 years how does that affect the playing field does that just cause for more turnover is it annoying um what are your thoughts on yeah the the game itself going the Apple slash EA route versus staying true to like what it is for a long period of time um, and get, and actually giving generations of players uh, and teams the time to master the game.
2: Yeah, I think it, it's honestly ironic because I think it factors into two kind of things that I've noticed where when i love a call of duty i am more engaged with the ecosystem of call of duty league like it's kind of reciprocal and granted again like i said earlier it is my job so i know every little in and out that i can possible i know maps i know memes i know you know what is hot what's new in the patch notes like i know all the little nuances of it but what i think is really ironic is that sometimes we'll see a fan be a fan for like a heavy 12 months and then rotate out and then like another game comes out that brings them back and like Hmm. i what i don't want to happen is what i think has kind of happened in call of duty where the two-year-ish life cycle of someone that gets into call of duty and then subsequently gets into call of duty league is sort of the reality but what it is is really hard to keep up with new games new maps new modes new skins new looks like it's exhausting, man. And when you're in your late 20s, into your 30s, like whatever it might be, it's harder and harder to keep up with. Whereas you can just look at a football field or a baseball field or a hockey rink and know what game is sort of being played there, whether it's somewhat different in an Olympic rink versus a you know regular NHL arena. It's you still understand hockey's being played. What can sometimes happen is fuck man, they might add jetpacks again next year, right? Like you might have a flying Call of Duty. Which completely changes the competitive nature Jet of it. Jetpacks and hockey would be electric. Jetpacks and hockey would be like literally I was electric. Think, so
0: I was thinking NFL, and I was like, man, some of those tackles will be insane. <laughs>
2: Well, what if they had like an Olympics where you could take steroids? Like all these little things. Please, where, please bring it back. You know, let's do it. Like so where it changes the dynamic of it really. Expensive.
0: No, but okay. Well, then that that's huge then because like you're going from like you know Halo Three to Reach where you did have the jetpacks. If if a player is theoretically on say a three year deal and the game changes, like are you stuck with that player if they can't perform? Like like is the player annoyed because they're like fuck like I, I signed a deal in this position now I have to literally change my game like that seems so bonkers for me and again I'm looking at it through perspective of counter-strike dust two other than a little bit of a facelift even in the second version that's coming out right now hasn't really changed like you said it the ice rink is the same the football feels the same even counter-strike in counter-strike two coming out in a few months here like it still hasn't changed dust two other than like you know the smoke's placing a little bit different of a spot you know you might have to bank off you know this door versus this wall give it a centimeter you know difference that to me makes sense and again maybe i'm old school i don't know the game to change so drastically that it's not like okay you moved a box from you know the map like for me okay that's a big change in itself but you're telling me that you're adding fucking jetpacks like it's a whole new game so like how does that even work if you're changing the game because that's like drastically changing like the rules of a hockey game in my mind
2: yeah well i agree in a certain you know certain capacity what i think it took me a bit to learn or at least figure out what i liked about it um was that it first off is impressive as hell that the top players can be at the top of each game i find that fascinating in a way that people i don't think really understand especially about call of duty where meta can literally change. Metas can completely change. Like you said, there can be different movement. Um, also people don't realize, but the games are made by two different developers each time, which is why like slide mechanics feel different. Whoa. Um Again, feel different. Right. I don't know how I feel different. about
0: that. Dylan. Like if anything, like I don't like, I don't think I like that. I mean, uh, I'm a pro player, but like, I, I'm very much like, <laughs> keep it, keep it the same. So you can, solution. Master it,
1: man solution, Dylan. We're not getting to 30 teams, but we're going to expand the existing teams because we're going to have a squad of four with one bench guy for each game, at least dating back three years. That'd be sick. And you can make it a bigger league wide thing where like the fans essentially vote uh, each year on like which game is kept and what's one that gets kicked to the curb because we can only have so many in circulation. I love Dude. these. I this clip it literally clip these types of things. This is the even move. past that even past that. I mean, depending on the players, because some maybe will have preference to stay on older games or whatever. But that could almost be the fucking like Europe soccer. Relegation, yeah, like
2: relegation, there you go. Like yes. some relegation, like the Euro League, oh,
1: to the new game. But if you're bad on the new game, you get relegated back to the previous. Oh, that could be fun. that would be sick. Send, send people back to, back to their original Call of Duty. Like, oh my god, you <laughs> gotta go back to your OG. Oh, like, imagine. oh.
2: I, I, to be fair, I love those ideas. And I think, um, I will say, you should like, I was sort of in your world of like Rocket League. Rocket League, I think I really like because it'll have a long standing fan base because you can leave the game you can see it on in a watch party and you can understand what's going on it's orange versus blue it's a purple team versus a yellow team and they're trying to score a goal plain and fucking simple call of Duty's. i think i like the nuance of it which is what makes it different is is it's highly competitive it changes you know even valorant and you know to your point cs like map changes you know r6 is a big one too if you've ever heard of siege like those are maps or those are, are games that um are really intricate in the fact that they're uh, like an elevated shooter you know it's a better it's
0: strategy, strategy. versus like one-on-one skill like you have to you have level. to plan out like your strategy on the map versus like being the best you know one-on-one shooter right
2: yeah dying in a certain amount of time less than the other person so they respawn you respawn quicker so i like i said i think call of duty is a, a its own animal but um mm-hmm. i secretly kind of love it i think it makes it um really exciting year to year it adds a whole new element um people retire people come back it's really cool
0: it's it's definitely like way more unique and deep than i thought it was and again like i played call of duty on xbox 360 when like modern warfare you know came out so like and then right. you know and then honestly like i didn't i didn't play a lot of video games and the only one where i went like and this is just me i go 110 percent into something i like when I found counter-strike and I realized I'm not that good at playing it and can't get the fuck out of silver. I was like, I'm just going to watch every single major and learn, you know, everything about it that I could. So like, I went all in, like, I know, I know where to throw all the smokes on dust to you. Can I do it? No, but you know, that's okay. I can, I can smoke center. Um, are you, are you in rocker keeping tabs on what's going on with CS2? Because I, I know the last time we talked, I was, uh, almost literally begging you guys to please get a CS2 team, you know, you know, like I'll, I'll be your biggest fan. Obviously Valorant, it's kind of the, the evolved version for a younger base, you know, visually it's a little bit more like cartoony comic booky. obviously you said rocket league, like rocket league's never going to die. It's always going to have that diehard base. Counter-strike global Fence was starting to die out again and in in perfect timing valve now is releasing counter-strike 2 from what i've seen from like you know the pro players and youtube creators playing you know admittedly just dust 2 on there cuz that was the only thing uh, available only map available It looks awesome. It seems like all the pro players, all the content creators are very excited for this facelift and basically just fixing all the little things that in 15 years, everyone kind of piled up with the list of, this is why we love the game. This is why we're still here, but this is what needs to be fixed. It seems like from what I've been seeing anyways, that that valve has cleaned everything up with that being said, and now potentially it's, reboom in popularity from the diehards like myself and now a newer generation maybe those even coming from valorant are you guys keeping tabs on that with the possibility of expanding into that realm maybe a year or two in once you have enough data on it or is it something that you're like we're so in it with what we have right now we'll, we'll cross that bridge maybe down the road if there's even an opportunity
2: yeah it's um i mean again without my opinions reflecting on the org because it's first off not my place second um you know, it's the way that I've had it communicated to me is like they're like RGM and our RCO and those operations people are, are always, 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 always watching these things. Um, what I think is really cool and the way I'll kind of put it back to you that I find awesome about my role and about what, you know, the industry we work in is that um we can really, really like CES too, let's say. And maybe we look at fielding a team, but when you look at fielding a team, it's not just like does the, you know, guy on the podcast like it? Uh, you know, of course you would, <laughs> but but can we sell partnerships on it? Well that's How what is- I said with the <laughs> reboom
1: of it if of the its popularity. The podcast like it,
2: it is it's 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 uh it's a beautiful thing. And like I think what what you're putting it as is like you would be a fan of this, but you mentioned your buddy. We, we want to be like that for Rocket League and for Valorant with version one. We want people to be proud that we're from Minnesota, but we want them to tune in and be like, I like that team. And then go to our Twitter and like our Twitter and like our clips mm-hmm. and like our game day vibe. Like And
0: then like all the teams, not just the game sort of thing, yeah.
2: Exactly. So with CS, honestly, dude, I would love one. First off, like I'm totally joking about, you know, does the random guy like it? That is a very important thing. Brett is the king of saying one fan at a time. But second off, selfishly, like what type of audience can we garner with it? What type of revenue can we get from it? Um, You know, having three shooters, is that going to be viable to pitch, you know? colleges on high schools when we talk about our programs that we run with the next generation like
0: you just you just replace valorant no i'm just kidding I'm just kidding. Uh,
2: well, and, <laughs> not going work in middle school so right right and these are real talks that we have and like my job isn't to have that talk i'm no no anyone. for sure my job is to have the talk and be like competitive shooters haven't been shown to prove uptick in violent individuals like talk about science or psychological whatever mm-hmm. but the the cool side is, is we'd vet it out and like it the other thing i was gonna mention though is that what if there's a sick streamer out there? Like we can find a content creator to represent our brand that plays CS. And
0: see, that's cool. I didn't even realize you guys did that.
2: Totally love that side. And that's a really fun part about my job is like working with people like that is really fun because they have massive brands, you know, massive viewership. A lot of our streamers streamed anywhere from 500, you know, to 10,000 people. Like, in a day um that's a huge brand compared to a lot of like daytime television and even like large or uh um, like bowl games and sporty events like that um these audiences are pretty sizable too so
0: two different angles two different ways well to about put it this it. way you answered my question hey it's, st- he, he it's he st- st- it. no no he answered my question it's still dying and there's not yeah. enough viewership for counter-strike that's dying. okay not that's okay happen.
1: what's what's the game that i told you joey plays isha because i'm just so out of it
0: oh the shooter game i forget now apex apex huh. yes apex, yeah, apex legends
1: apex. yeah I got, I got a buddy who's done some stuff with us in the podcast before college roommate he literally like studies glaciers out in uh Sick. grand teton national park but that kid is like for not being a pro he he could be a fun guy for you to get in early and cheap i'm gonna be his agent i'll represent there him goes, i'll treat you good i'll do you good <laughs> but uh just had to throw that out there you go joey Nice. this you guy sounds
2: like my dude i like glaciers and i like apex so
1: we can, hey all right we, we all can right. hit it off, in man. heaven I uh, it.
2: apex is another cool one though because it's yeah. a, a br br are really tough to um compete in they're really badass optic hundred thieves dark zero like they all have teams in apex uh but apex has really cool content creators too so another good example of like a sick sport that you
1: could get into nice well, so I have an idea here, and this is probably more for the all you've had. It's all you've you, had today. You can steal this and like go to your higher <laughs> ups and be like, yo, let's make this happen. Okay. Uh, so let's think hockey here for a second. What would you say, besides the Stanley Cup playoffs, is viewed as the marquee event for hockey? Ooh. Ooh.
2: Man. Champs is pretty cool. Champs will see. Well, no, no, no. Five. I'm saying
1: hockey specifically. Like oh, sorry. I think you said esports. In okay, hockey, so, so like you. So all right, it it's the winter classic. Yep. Oh it's yeah, a standalone yeah. unique event. It's still hockey, but we're changing things up a little bit. What if every year, let's call it you know, New Year's, just like hockey does, or maybe you want to make it a little bit different and hit a time where there's a lull in other sports, but you have something comparable where maybe it's war zone that everyone competes in or it's the zombies and you see who can make it the furthest on one go and instead of having it be something where everyone gets together for one big event you have every team in the league competing in this at the same time but you as rocker set up somewhere like palace theater and it's literally just your team playing there with all of your fans going nuts. And then you've got Boston in their spot doing their own thing. You got Toronto in their own spot. Everyone has their own marquee event. And it's still like interesting for you to sit there and watch your team do this regardless of which variant it is. But it's just like something different to get a change up, get out of the minutia of this is what it is all the time. And probably attract a different crowd of people that maybe just enjoy those variants
0: it's like a watch party at every location for the the tournament sort of thing that's cool
1: totally yeah and the the watch party thing is something
2: you know first off we think everyone should do we do it pretty prevalently with our stuff anything we do we have a watch party for it but i think so world series of Warzone is a thing wsow um it's a combo which i kind of like where it's i think it's it used to be one pro and one content creator, but I think it's two pros and two content creators now. And some teams can field that by themselves, like us. Like we could have two creators play with two of our players. Um, hmm. What is sweet though, and it, again, is something that everyone watched, which is funny to your point, but they did a Warzone tournament with all the pros invited and all the creators. And what's cool about Warzone is that it's 150 players versus even 100 or even 60, which is Apex. 150 players so 150 pros and content creators and they all did it's just one v everyone and skump who i've mentioned numerous times before ended up winning it and like won the hundred thousand dollars or it might have even been a million dollars but like the cod pro who's kind of known for being the cod pro won the warzone tournament which like really stirred it up of like oh can warzone pros be cod pros and could cod pros be warzone pros so to your point, there are a lot of cool things like that in the industry that people are always, I think, thinking of. Um, I really liked what you said earlier, but something that's really prevalent is like uh, a lot of the optic guys will do old school throwback tournaments. They'll play like Halo 2, or you know, they'll do like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, like from you know, 2010 when we all were playing freaking Call of Duty. So those tournaments do really well and people love watching that shit. Uh Rocket League has one V1s too. Rocket League will just do like The best players in the world playing 1v1 versus each other rather than three. So, all sorts of cool stuff like that. And it does see an uptick in viewership if you care
1: about it. Mm, Well, okay. So, hmm. See, now you got my head spinning a little bit here.
2: Pros of one sport play the other team's sport. Yeah, it's been kind of done.
1: No, Um, that's all right. Uh, So, (laughs) let's say, uh, have you, are you a fan of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Of course. So you've seen the episode, the gang gets invincible. Yes. I've seen every episode a zillion times. Okay. So yep. playing very much off the movie invincible. So why don't you guys have a day? Yeah. Like pick a day in the off season, literally say, Hey, whoever wants to sign up, we're limiting it to X amount and people show up and literally try out for a chance at like, not necessarily making the team, but like trying out to work their way up the ladder to like, actually get involved and like be in some practices with you guys. And then, Hey, if they're good, you found a diamond in the rough and it's cool. If not, you've still got way more fan engagement and people are super stoked to do this every summer.
2: Yeah. I don't think, um, I bet when they did invincible and like the gang, you know, when they go do it, um, (laughs) I don't think they expected, you know, what's his name? Papali, Vince Papali, to like be fast enough or big enough to actually play. So that's part of why it's cool to do it. I would bet lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of money. Uh, I won't say a number, but there I have never, I mean, our pros have played with random people before. Um, It's never been formalized in a sense or like put on anything, but like Mm -hmm. when they're not playing with each other or scrimming, they are streaming and they do play and they are the best of the best. So like the one example I'll give was like the rocket league guys. Um, If you're good at rocket league and you're on a pro team, there is no world where someone walks in off the street and beats you. And I don't mean that like lightly. I think Rocket League is probably the most significant. Call of Duty you could probably like get by maybe getting a kill luckily or timing something out. Valorant probably too. No shot. Um people are too good at pointing and clicking, but Rocket League no way. They played the guys on the power trip. I, I'm sure you maybe even remember that or heard that story, but they lost like 30 to 1 and 30 to 0 and the one goal was, you know, some sort of mistake that happened. So it is a very slim chance that anyone, no matter how good they are, is better than the top hundred and fifty players in the world. Yeah, but that there.
1: that's what makes it great, though. It's funny. You literally get be funny. incredible be funny. content out of it. You build brand loyalty and you get fans excited. And like, worst case scenario, you come across the one in a million guy who's like, okay. Oh yeah, I actually have always just slayed at this game. I just like video games for kids so
2: and there'd be the movie after you get the movie too so and you, you get to, the movie rights to,
1: yeah. gary v would produce the shit out of that <laughs> All Right, i like, love idea. you got with, v with invincible for call of duty he's going in on that instantly He's minting it right now. We, we'll added. get.
0: We'll get. He's uh, probably already
1: got like ten NFTs off of that. Now. It's NFT We'll, we'll welcome, get. We'll,
0: we'll bring the Green Men back. I actually know them from Vancouver, and uh, <laughs> I we'll also get make,
1: acid. I and we'll
0: get McDonald's that. to. I actually know the the actual two Green Men in Vancouver. Um, they've they come on uh, my past radio show before and ryan i've actually stayed in touch with which is hilarious because one's one's a, a comedian and a writer now and one works on local radio so like they're very much still in the community How in we have them on the show yeah we can get them on the show that's and a very he, specific thing. I and, I would think they'd well, and and we need McDonald's to sponsor that event. Obviously, it's
2: a big M right in the middle, a big arch. <laughs> well, it's owed
0: back to that episode. That's like um, the, one of the I greatest episodes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating. I didn't know. I don't know why, but I would have thought there was like an interchangeable. Like I don't believe there's just three or four blue men group guys. Like or, I think there's like ten of them. You know, they kind of rotate in and out. So I'm a little surprised there's only two green men. Uh, and you know them. That's funny. Well, do you, you know about yeah, the Yeah, no, Green there were
0: only two in, kids, in Vancouver. Right?
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, they, they're all, yeah, like, up on the walls and, like, in the
1: penalty box shit. And, yeah, so it's uh, two guys that had season tickets right by the penalty box, and they just started wearing the Green Man suits to all the games and dancing next to it.
2: Yeah, I love it. Like I said, I would have yeah. outsourced by then. I would have started paying... You know getting people paid pay me to be green men uh yeah i'd make it a whole thing
0: well it, it's funny the canucks at first didn't like it at all I like bet. they were not stoked that these guys were coming and doing this um but then like towards the end they they finally did some like promotional stuff with them they said like their, their biggest it. their biggest impressions on social was that uh like Carrie underwood they traveled to nashville only actually and only one of them, it was one of their dads had season tickets, so they couldn't go to every single game. They only went to whatever game. That they their got like the weekday
2: like, pass. They can't no, even It was go. like
0: whatever, whatever the dad's gutter cleaning company, like <laughs> client couldn't show up to is the games that they went to, which is hilarious. I love and that. And again, I hadn't watched Sonny at that time at that time so like when they they told me the story oh yeah we watched really? this episode of sunny we went to a seahawks game and that like Seattle seahawks game that's actually my buddy dared me to do it and that's kind of where the idea started then they're like we did a canucks games we trolled drew dowdy and the kings and it just blew up from there um, they've they officially retired the suits i believe in like 2015 or something like that but uh you know they they grew up and you know it's What's the go... official
2: retiring of a jersey, or of a, a jersey.
0: Basically... I think they, they the canucks youtube channel did like a whole little like Dude, press conference they, thing if of they
1: raised a banner that was just solid yeah. green up oh my god actors, oh my god that did, would be incredible
0: see if uh if aquilini's weren't the owners and they actually like cared about the Someone fans and, like, yeah, yeah oh, then, then they would probably they would probably do that um that Last thing here before we let you go, Dylan, because you've given us more than enough of your time. We absolutely love shooting the breeze with you, man. And I hope you know, like you're welcome on this show anytime Um, we are on the hockey topic here. So final segment here on the show. I know the last time we talked, we were optimistic about the, the Minnesota Wild and, you know, credit to them. They they weathered the storm of, you know, Kaprizov's injury. If anything, they found some, you know, diamonds in the rough as far as scores, we never thought would score on the team. I love Ryan Reeves and some sure. depth guys. They, they kept the train rolling, but a loss, another first round exit. I mean, you mentioned earlier in, you know, this show here that you've kind of, you, you've, you, you haven't let your emotions get the better of you at the end of wild seasons anymore, but does it still sting? And what are your thoughts on the season, the playoff exit and where the wild, uh, where the wild should go from here?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was – I don't know, man. We kind of talked about it in person a little bit, like, at the event, where uh, it it felt weirdly expected this year. I don't know why. Like, I feel like I had in the past have had, like, maybe misguided or false hope. But this year, I remember someone asking me during game six, like, well, this is definitely going to game seven. And I was like, I just don't feel like it's going to – like, I just don't feel like it's going to. And obviously it didn't. So it was – it was weird. I hate limping into the playoffs. Like I'm a huge believer in hot teams again, hence the Florida vibes, like all that they're doing. Um, I, well, you were talking, I pulled up my, I still have my bet going with my boys. I have Carolina left Seattle just failed me. Um, but there's, you know, we have each person has a team left. So we've kind of drafted playoff teams pretty well and made the bets fun, but, um, I loved the Seattle thing. I'm really up in the air about this whole expansion stuff uh, where it's like, oh, let's make a new team and we get better and we can go to the playoffs second, third round every year, like super chill. Um, But we'll see. I don't know. I hope next year the wild are good. Obviously Um, I just hate. The problem with us is we'll never be really, really bad. We've never tanked and we've never like gone out. And that's so typical Minnesota where we're going to be paying off two contracts for the next foreseeable future and not really doing much changing. So it's a tough, tough time. I think for the next few years to be a wild fan, we're going to have some good runs. We're going to hit a hundred points and we're going to get in the playoffs here and there, but um, I don't know. I hate not going too high or too low, obviously, but I feel like, mediocrity is just kind of inevitable with these guys
0: so <laughs> well, do you think mediocrity I know historically it's been inevitable haha Minnesota hockey but whatever but like in, in all seriousness do you think it's inevitable until those contracts are off the books and they can just go all in with kaprizov's you know years uh, I think on so deal?
2: unfortunately I think so I mean there is a world where you find good amateur talent but amateur talent doesn't take you very far in the playoffs and you know even pay- players that you like really lean into and trust uh can disappear in a seven-game stretch too. So um, you know, no shots really at any of those guys. Like I think the Boldies and the Capri like their their role is to do sort of what they were doing. Like they were all facilitating and they were doing their thing, I think, on the ice, just not the scoring side as much as I think fans would have liked, of course, but um there's you know three to four lines in hockey like it doesn't uh shouldn't all fall on them so i exactly there
0: are only two players and you look at these other playoff teams who are stacked like it's crazy
2: yeah we're just we're losing games it sucked it was just like we were just losing games i mean the ref thing was also something but i don't think dallas was getting great calls either every now and then so um i don't know man it sucks it sucks but like think about right now like the second round just like ended or somewhat ended you know This would be so much more fun to play this much more hockey. This has been insane to imagine us making it to the second round and only just being out. It feels like the Wild have been out for two months, you know. It's only been a month.
0: And the freaking crackheads going seven games with Dallas, something the Wild couldn't even do. Like, are you kidding me?
1: (laughs) Dylan, you bring up a good point. That's the one thing that I love about Call of Duty. There's really no refs. There's if, right? really no, like, it, it's pretty black and white. You either get killed or you don't. There's there's no middle ground. There You don't get uh, an extra two-minute penalty if someone's bleeding from the face. Like, nope, it's just you die or you don't die.
2: Yeah, don't get me started on my artificial intelligence officiating pedestal because I think we are damn due for it. I can't believe baseball uses an umpire still. I can't believe some of the stuff I see in the NBA that people watch. Like, I can't believe people watch the NBA. It's so... Im- well, it's
0: let's in- be honest. Like half the refs in the NBA, they're making their money through DraftKings.
2: Yeah, like, 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 like or BetMGM. Like, let's
0: was. let's be fucking honest here. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, I hate when refs insert themselves. And even if it's like you know an inevitable thing, like a pass interference or something in football, but um, man, I hate that stuff. I hate when it comes down to calls because with something that has so much money on the line, the fact that there isn't more again. I think there's a needs to be a ref for the like bouncer energy to like break stuff up and be a part of like what happens, but an offsides call, which again doesn't happen that often where it's blatant and fucked up and they don't change it in hockey. Unless
0: it's in Colorado all the time, which is but like the goal the other night.
2: What, how, how does that go through a billion people and Toronto still gets screwed? Like, it's just crazy to see it on Twitter later. And it just, you know, and granted it looked like a goal to me, but who knows? So, um, I don't know, man. I think there should just be math again. I'm a big math guy, but if that puck crosses the line, there shouldn't have to be an eyeball that tells you
1: it does. Um, well, what was well, the angle that you saw the puck cross the line at?
2: I don't know. I felt like it was a couple angles, but again, I don't think it should be up to my eyeball. It should be up to a puck that has a sensor in it that passes.
1: It's it. coming though, Dylan.
0: Did they, they have the test? No, doing.
1: no, nope. That's yeah, a out, boys. No, no, no. So like Totally by principle, you're 100% right. They have tried so many different ways to put trackers in pucks, and the players instantly know which puck yep. has the tracker. Same with football. Most- well, well, same with like baseball.
0: When ball they ball. they made the... I, I read so many articles and, and heard so many hits when they, like, they change. And it was recently the MLB made changes to the balls. Wasn't it like two years ago or something like that? And like, yeah, it was an adjustment period. But if it's going to help... Shit like this, especially in the playoffs. Like, give, give, you know, suck it up. You get an adjustment period. Fucking Call of Duty, they get jetpacks in some, you know, in some years. Like, come I on.
1: <laughs> could do with jetpacks. Like, baseball <laughs> would be watchable. Just Dude, you it's someone jacks a homer and you just go fucking... God,
0: if baseball had just anything else, maybe I could be a fan of the that. The one thing sport, I've said man. that
2: I've been saying this since I was in grade school. The one thing that I think could change baseball is. Kickball rules. You can throw the ball at them to get them out. I think that would change everything. I I think think yes, because they're
1: soft little bitches. And you're allowed to fight. And and you're allowed to fight. I don't want one of them pegging me with the ball, so no, I take it back. True.
0: They should just allow them to fight, so they they stop. Just like all like these like sixty year old fucking managers stop like getting in front of people's faces, like they're going to fight. Like no, no, just allow it, so that one of these guys can just punch their lights out and tell them to shut the fuck up and stop chirping. Like oh my god. I forget who the Blue Jays manager was like when Batista and shit were on the team in like twenty eleven when they actually made like a little bit of a run. He seemed like such a cocky dick. And like I did not like the Blue Jays at all. So I'm just like, I just I just Always want one of these players just to just suck that son of a bitch and tell him to shut up, oh, man.
1: <laughs> Gets all fired up above the Canadian teams. The Toronto. Oh team.
0: yes, I love it. Um, yeah, Toronto's
1: all it takes. Uh, so Dylan, how do we feel about your team? Your Carolina hurricanes for the remainder of the playoffs. I also feel
2: pretty good. Um, their showing against New Jersey was a pretty fun series. Um,
1: I'm Dude, like just – well, We got to stop on that though real quick. New Jersey. Did yep. you, Dylan, did you see what the Carolina Hurricanes did to celebrate their series victory over the New Jersey Devils?
2: I don't think so. What?
1: These what? sly motherfuckers went oh. to Cameo and found some of the biggest figures in New Jersey – And got them to congratulate the Carolina Hurricanes on advancing. And it was fucking brilliant. I'm so so mad that I didn't come up with that before them. I'm like, I'm absolutely going to abuse that in some ways moving forward. Like that's real fun. I love that. It was great. It was, uh, it was Johnny Sack from the Sopranos. They had the situation from Jersey Shore. They had some like Jets super fan, um, and they said, like, congrats like to the well, yeah, Canes? We all were like, hey, Carolina, great work. We're happy for you. <laughs> congrats on the win, whatever. Like, I'm sure all of them, it's just like they got paid, right? Oh, like, yeah. They, they got, really like, 50 bucks. Just, That's crazy, sprint. though. That's crazy. I know. It's, but it's incredible. You got to go it. It is such a great video. So that alone, you got all the vibes working in your favor. But uh, continue. I apologize. The
2: Canes have a great bit. Canes have always had a great bit. I feel like they changed something a few years ago that, like, the vibe changed. I mean, the... I don't know what it is, but I'm with you. I do have faith in them. I don't know how to put it, but they kind of feel like the only like real hockey team left. If you know what I'm saying? I don't know why it's Carolina. It's still not really a like, I don't know hockey state or city
1: or anything in my opinion, but okay. So if that's what you mean, based on geography, not yeah, it just feels Carolina. like
2: a hockey team. Still, I don't know why. Like Florida doesn't, even may, though I may I remind it's you, the
1: ambiguity. It's the ambiguity of Must Carolina be. instead of being North Carolina or South Carolina or a city. It's like just because it's Carolina, like we're just like state of mind. Canada, right? <laughs> right. Yeah
0: may I remind uh dylan the listeners here that uh, the florida panthers took out the boston bruins arguably right. the you know not arguably they were the best team in the national hockey league this year they took out arguably the second best team in the toronto maple leaves maybe the Cla- carolina hurricanes are the third best team but who's to say that florida on this run can't take them out too if they just you know you just slayed the dragon twice like i don't know man if, it it might like, money on
1: beautiful reverse
2: retros maybe that, that could be the difference too. The look, the vibe, the feel. Um, yeah, I mean, if I wasn't betting on Carolina, like I think Florida is pretty sweet. Like I said, I like Bukestad, too. I like me some Minnesota boys, and uh, Bukestad. I don't know, no, but for Bukestad.
0: me, Bukestad? he got traded, he got traded. He was on uh Edmonton. Oh, That's rip, he, he just died. He, he, he just left. a lot just of places left.
1: since Florida. <laughs> That's true, um, this is super true. But
0: no, but Florida hoppy, they just like you every year there's that team that just has that playoff vibes. You're like, they just can't be stopped. Like regardless of what happened to the regular season, Florida's got that vibes right now.
1: They do, but I will insert here. Like they absolutely could be Carolina. They've proven that like everyone should worry, but I do think Carolina is more equipped to handle their rat piece of shit players, which I like I say that in an endearing tone. Like, Very endearing. I, I love, love that. I wish that I had those fucking rats on my team, but they are scumbag rat players. And I don't think the Carolina will get pushed around like the Toronto Maple Leafs. I that think you got some big boys. Like, yeah, Kachuk yeah. wants to get in Jordan Stahl's face. He's gonna get laid the fuck down. Yeah, well, you we forget G- is G- a, a mutant of a human. He will Guda-
0: keep them all alive. G- Goodas is getting suspended in this series. Let's let's just say right now. Like
2: <laughs> game two, game two, he does something on the fly. Like
0: oh, of course it's him out of all that. players who get that, like you know, that 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 playoff picture of that moment. And he's just screaming Whoa. in the face of the Toronto goal. Oh, so so, like he's such a savage dude. Like it's, it's insane. Like, Oh you know my those goodness. Uh,
1: split jerseys that family members will do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we got the two stalls against the one stall. So it's Jordan stall. Yep. of The Carolina hurricanes against brothers, Eric and Mark stall noted scumbag losers who hate supporting people, loving who they want to love. They hate the gays. That's that. But what if the parents came in with like a two-thirds one-third jersey split between the two? But oh. but even better, it's two-thirds Jordan stall because he's literally twice as good as the other two combined. So like the team that has one gets two-thirds, and the team that Based has one third.
0: I'll raise it. Mark and, and Eric's have to be the pride jerseys.
1: Well, there's like a little square. Oh my of God! The, yeah, they, they, a, fam- I love that. a family pride, that. pride jersey. Well, oh,
0: we're just we're just I think, prideful. I think can we're just prideful to have to have all the boys here on the ice. That's all.
1: If they're <laughs> saying no, I gotta imagine Mama and Papa Stall from the farm are probably of a similar mindset. So I don't know if that's gonna happen. um God, that would be hilarious. That would be brilliant. That would be that to, would like be, all the fans just like God, sitting. They're like all fun. sitting
2: on the chairs. That would be crazy.
0: Oh, that'd be incredible. Oh man. (laughs) Dylan, as always, man, this is so much fun. Like I I, just based off our conversation again here today, I know our first uh, podcast. And again, reminder for those who haven't listened to our first hit with Dylan links in the description of this podcast in the description of the video as well. If you're watching on YouTube and uh, please go check it out because we want, we, we basically uh, came into that interview as like noobs. We really asked like the easy questions, the introduction questions into esports. I feel like we got into the weeds a little bit more on this episode upon going to that event and everything as well. But based off this conversation on esports in particular, like, no let alone the hockey stuff, which we could like talk about for hours. Like I have so many more questions. So I'm excited to bring you back on the podcast. Maybe after, you know, the after your season, you know, when things are um Prior the or frenzy, after, man.
1: During the frenzy. Well, well I was just say
0: yeah. during or after, whatever works better for you. Because I know it's a frenzy. But uh, let's let's definitely connect again this summer. Um, as uh as your other sports league seasons are are rolling on, and after that, like I said, after or during the frenzy there. But uh, again, remind everyone who they should be supporting. Our listeners, where they can find Rocker on social media, and uh, where can they, you know, watch. And support just beyond like the Twitter and Instagram follows, like, you know, break it all down. Where can everyone go to get this awesome gaming entertainment experience that Rocker provides?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So at version one GG on every social media account, the GG is uh, a typical gaming term. So version one GG on everything. Uh, and then Rocker is our Call of Duty team. Version one is our Valor and our Rocket League team. So at rocker and at version one, um, my name is Dylan Pomeroy at Dylan Pomeroy on Twitter, or I do like LinkedIn, of course, too, but Twitter is my vibe um, all over Twitter. they always hit me there first, uh, but hey, you never know where we're best. best. Um, and then yeah, watch us on Twitch on almost every weekend. Honestly, Call of Duty is going on for sure. And then there's usually Valor and a Rocket League one as well. So you um, can always find us on Twitch, Rocket League, and I guess all three are also streamed on YouTube. Um, so you can stream them on YouTube if that's your, uh, if that tickles your Most people are on Twitch, so. uh, But yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. As always, like you said, Kataka, uh, Shoot the Breeze all freaking day, and then really loved having you guys. I think a lot of people ended up, um, having a blast, and it was really fun to have you guys there to experience it, which, uh, means a lot to you know, specifically too. so. Uh, appreciate you guys big time.
0: No, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you, as always. Uh, signing off, I'm Isha Dromey, alongside Dylan Pomeroy and the State of Hobby. This has been The Soda Pod, presented by our friends at Better Edge, 7th Avenue Pizza, Northland Vodka, and Waggle Golf. We good, boys? QG. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.